everybody. Welcome back to the Spark Show DFS podcast. I am your host, Sparky Lee, the Spark Show himself. Today, we're not going to be talking DFS. We're not going to be talking golf, which is the main thing that I've always done. But I've I've kind of spread out through NFL, NHL, UFC. Um, you know, I've been all over the board. But today, we're going to be talking about college basketball for the games tonight, November 15th. There's games going on right now, but I, the games that I like start at 7 p.m. and later, so I'll go over those. Uh, but first, before I go into any, any of that, I want to th- send a special shout-out to Jim Finch over at FantasyAssembly.com. I wrote fantasy articles for them for just over a year, year and a half, and with his work schedule now, he's no longer able to continue his duties as the commander-in-chief over at FantasyAssembly.com. So I wanted to thank him and everybody else who wrote over there for welcome, welcoming me into that family and for helping me gain an audience. So thanks, guys. Uh, best of luck to you. Uh, but now we will get into the picks for today. And since it is getting pretty late right now i'll probably have this posted by about 5 p.m and the games tip off at 7 p.m i'll go rattle through the picks really quick and then go through each game and maybe do a little recap or something at the end but uh, these are the picks that i have for tonight we got starting at 7 p.m south carolina gamecocks minus 23 and a half hampton pirates plus six UNC Greensboro minus 16. And then the 8 o'clock games, I got Lamar Cardinals minus 3. 8.30, we got Stony Brook Seawolves minus 2. And then at 9 p.m., we got UC Irvine Anteaters plus 4. And then we have the last game on the slate here, Utah State. Aggies minus 28. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty much it. We'll get into the picks right now. We got Cleveland State Vikings versus Carolina Gamecocks at 7 p.m. Carolina's the 23.5 point favorite. Uh, Cleveland's two losses. Cleveland State's two losses this year. Minnesota. They got beat by 35. Missouri State, they got beat by 20. Their only win is against a D2 team, and they are without their leading scorer from last year, Jalam Hill, Jalam Hill, something like that. Uh, He had a knee injury. It's unknown what point he's going to come back this season, but I don't think he comes back this game. If he does, could screw me over here a little bit, but... Um, Even with him, they were projected to finish last in the Horizon League in preseason polls. They are a doo-doo team. South Carolina, uh, you know, not the strongest team in that conference, but they are 2-0 this year. They played Northern Alabama and Wyoming, beat them by 22 and 34, respectively. They did lose two of their top three scores, but they're bringing back their second leading score from last year, guard A.J. Lawson. They have a few other key players that are going to step up and hopefully fill those roles, including a transfer guard from George Washington, Jair Bolden. Um, they're averaging 28 points per win here. 
like I said, Cleveland State, the Vikings are a doo-doo program. I'm looking at probably a 30-point win for the Gamecocks here, so 23-and-a-half feels like a no-brainer for me. That is the first game. Second game, we got Hampton Pirates plus six against William and Mary Tribe at 7 p.m. Hampton did win their two games this year, but they have yet to play an NCAA opponent. But they did average 46 points, 46 points in those two victories. Um, They're from the middle or Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference where they won the championship last year, but now they're moving to the Big South. They have been scoring a lot this or last year and this year. This year they're averaging 104 points. Last year they averaged 81.3. Obviously they haven't played anyone this year, so that total is going to go down. They Their leading scorer is a guard, Jeremy, Jeremy and Morrow, something like that. Averaged just over 24 points this game. He can hit threes. He can get to the free throw line. He leads the team in assists. They also have two transfers that came in, and they've combined for 59 points in the first two games this season. And neither one of them has played over 23 minutes, so they're not even logging that many minutes yet, even though they're starting just because they're blowing teams out, I presume. So they have... Their leading scorer, they have a couple other big pieces. William and Mary is the six-point favorite because they are 3-0. Their last win was against Wofford, and if you remember last year, Wofford beat Seton Hall in March Madness, the first round. Uh, They had that one-point win over Wofford, William and Mary did. And they have two very dominant big guys, Nathan Knight and a seven-footer, Andy Van Vliet. Um, they're probably going to pose problems for the Pirates. Triple P there pose problems for the Pirates. Knight is averaging a double-double with close to 20 points per game, so they're going to have their hands full with him. But I think the Hampton Pirates are going to have enough firepower to stay in this game, maybe even win it. Um, but it should be close either way, so I'm going to take the Pirates and the six points. Up next, we got the Golden Eagles of Tennessee Tech versus UNC Greensboro Spartans. The Spartans are a 16-point favorite. That game tips off at 7 p.m. as well. Tennessee Tech is 1-2, while Greensboro is 2-1 on the year. Uh, The thing that really stands out to me is UNC Greensboro, their second game of the year, went into Kansas and only lost by 12. And then their other two games, they won by 33 points and by 58 points. Um, Caleb Hunter is leading that offense, 19.3 points per game, 7.3 rebounds. Isaiah Miller is the facilitator. He's got 13.3 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists per game. Golden Eagles leading scorer, Amadou Sila. Amadou Sila, that's a cool name, Amadou is only averaging 13.7 points, but nine rebounds on the year. So he's a pretty big force for him on the inside, but still 13.7 points isn't all that much. Their uh, crucial linchpin of this offense has been Keyshawn Davidson. So on 44% of Tennessee Tech's 
uh, made field goals. They were either made or assisted by Keyshawn Davidson. So I think if Greensboro is really playing in this game right, they they stifle him and shut him down, and then that whole team crumbles. So UNC Greensboro minus 16 I love here. They were coming off a 29-7 and season, while Tennessee Tech is coming off an 8-23 and season. So give me those Spartan Dogs at 16, minus 16. Next game, Mount St. Mary's Mountaineers. Very original name there versus the Lamar Cardinals. Cardinals are minus three. Uh, I think the reason why this game is so close in terms of the points, only three-point spread, we have Mount St. Mary's first game of the year. They lost to Georgetown by only 13 points on the road. And then their last game... They lost to Washington by 10 points on the road. And then in between that, they beat the Bullets at home. I have no idea who the Bullets are. They played Washington and the Bullets. That's kind of funny. But because they have those close losses to big teams, that gives them a significant bump, which it should. They are 1-2. Lamar is 2-1. Um, two wins at home against champion Tigers. That sounds like a made-up team. And ABU, another made-up team. But they beat them by 46 and 45. And then they lost to Duquesne on the road by 10 points. But if you look at what they did last year, Mount St. Mary's is coming off of a nine-win season. While Lamar is coming off of a 20-win season. Strength of schedule is pretty similar, but Lamar averaged eight points more than their opponents, while Mount St. Mary's was six points less than their opponents. Um, Lamar is led by TJ Atwood, 19.3 points a game, 7.7 rebounds. Davian Buster, 15.3 points a game, 5.3 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, I think those close games by Mount St. Mary's, I think they can keep this one somewhat close, but I think ultimately Lamar is still the much better team here and should be able to get away with a victory at home. And this might be inflated because of the two two wins that Lamar has against um, terrible programs, but a third of all possessions this year, they have forced a turnover, which is an insane number. So the defensive pressure is going to be tough on Mount St. Mary's. So I like Lamar minus three here. Next, we got Stony Brook Seawolves. Uh, Two-point favorites against Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders. The Islanders are 0-2 this year, losing to Louisiana Tech at home by quite a bit, and losing to Vanderbilt on the road only by five points. So it looks like they're improving. But the Seawolves are 1-2. and two. They have a close loss to Yale at home, a somewhat close loss to Seton Hall away, and then a big win against Farmingdale State in their last game at home by 47 points there. Uh, let's see. 
Corpus Christi's got Ja'Shawn Talton, 18.5 points, 7 rebounds, 2 steals per game. Nolan Bertain, 8.5 points. So it falls off pretty quick for A&M's production there. The Seawolves have Elijah Olaniyi. 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 No clue how to pronounce that. Has 18 points, 4.7 rebounds. And he is shooting an impressive 31.6% from three. Somewhat impressive, I guess. From three this year. Uh, their next man up is Mohamedou. Mohamedou Gayi. Mohamedou Gayi. Two just crazy names. These have got to be foreigners. They're getting these guys from out of the country. 10 points, 8 rebounds, 3.7 blocks. Um, their Stony Brook is ranked first among American East teams with offensive rebound percentage of 37.6%. Uh, Seawolves average just over 15 offensive boards a game, so they got these foreigners just cleaning the glass over there at Stony Brook. They're going to have too many second-chance opportunities. They're definitely going to win this game. They're minus two. I'm taking that. I took Lamar and Stony Brook money lines and parlayed those together. But they're just going to be too much on the offensive glass for Corpus Christi, and Corpus Christi relies on one player too much. So I would like the Seawolves on the road here. That game is 830 p.m. tip-off. The Lamar game is tip-off at 8. Two more games left on the docket here. We got UC Irvine Anteaters plus 4 against Boise State Broncos. Um, Fun fact for you, Boise State plays in Taco Bell Arena. That is pretty wild. UC Irvine's 2-1. Boise State is 1-1 on the year. This game starts at 9. I don't know if I said that already. Um, UC Irvine, who have they played? Who knows? San Diego away, barely won. Pepperdine away, barely lost. And then they played Life Pacific at home and killed them. And Life Pacific, I can only assume, is some sort of um, home insurance company. And uh, Boise State kicked off their season against Life Pacific at home, beat them by close to a million And then they played Oregon away and lost to them. Oregon's a pretty good team. They lost by 31 points there. Um, Boise State has Derek Alston, who's averaging 26.5 points. He's going to be the guy to watch here. R.J. Williams, 14 and 11 rebounds is what he's averaging. Um, The Anteaters have Ayasu Werku. 15 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists per game. Colin Welp, 12 points, 6 rebounds per game. Worku has been very efficient this year, 5 and 9 from 3. Um, you know, I think this game is going to be close. Evenly matched teams at Boise. Boise could edge out the win, but the Anteaters plus 4. Um, is too good of a look for me here, especially because they're coming off of a 31-win season and the Broncos are coming off of a 13-win season. So Irvine, 
I think the big thing here is they both have that similar opponent in Life Pacific, the insurance company, and Broncos have a slightly more impressive win against them, so that's what they're putting these points off of. That's why Boise, that's why the Broncos are four-point favorites. But I think Irvine is sneaky, a better team, so give me Irvine plus four on the road. The last game on my docket, we got the Aggies versus the Aggies at 9 o'clock. And that would be North Carolina A&T versus Utah State. Utah State is the 28-point favorite. When it opened this morning, I saw it at 26.5, and, and I couldn't get it until it was 28. But the Utah State Aggies, 3-0, and they're going to be playing their fourth game in a row at home they're getting comfortable they're averaging 34.7 points per win here uh, while North Carolina A&T is averaging 15 point losses and they're one and two they're getting beat by their opponents by 15 points in the point total per game here if that makes any sense um A&T has yet to score over 64 points, while Utah State has yet to score under 81 points. Um, they just Utah State has so much firepower. Their leading scorer is Sam Merrill, 18.7 points a game. We got Brock Miller, who scored 27 points for him last game. Uh, Justin Beans, their third leading scorer. Leads him in rebounds, 13 points per game and 11 rebounds per game is what he's averaging. Abel Porter is leading them in assists at just over six per game. So they have a complete team, complete roster. They're probably going to score in the 80s plus this game. And they're averaging um, 54 points to their opponents. I'm thinking North Carolina Aggies are going to be about there, probably in between 45, 50 points scored. So Utah State, I'm envisioning, comes through with a 30-point-plus win here. Uh, the Aggies for A&T, North Carolina, they're led by Ronald Jackson in scoring, and their second-leading scorer is Cameron Langley. Those are the only two in, in double figures with scoring. And... Um, you know, they're averaging 13 and 10 points. They only have two guys that really peak for them in scoring. They don't score much. They're, if those two get held, which they will, they're just not going to score. Let's just leave it at that. They can't score. Give me Utah State minus 28. That rhymes. Cool. Let's roll with it. All right, so in a recap here, for all the games, we got South Carolina minus 23 and a half, uh, Hampton Pirates plus six, UNC Greensboro minus 16, Lamar minus three, Stony Brook Seawolves minus two, UNC Ant Eaters, UNC Irvine, the Ant Eaters plus four. And we have Utah State Aggies minus 28. 
but that is going to do it today for the picks. You know, I've been I've been doing golf for a while, NFL, just got into NHL and UFC, and now that college basketball started, I've been get, gathering the stats for that and starting that up. So this is something that I would like to do uh, most Fridays or, you know, every time there's a big slate on the weekend. Uh, just so I can give you something to listen to, something to read. Because I'm going to throw the picks out with this on Twitter or something, just so you can read the picks there. And then you can make these picks, get all sauced up on a Friday night. Um, wake up Saturday morning, forget about everything, but then you look at your bankroll and it's bigger. So that's what I'm hopefully trying to do while I'm dissecting the books over here. But that is going to do it for my picks today for college basketball. Thanks for listening. This is The Spark Show, signing out.